Okay, we are live. And this topic is very close to me. So if I ball and squall a little bit this morning, so be it. So let's go to Matthew 13. And we're just going to end. We, we, we were already there last week. But guys, Jesus has just come home. He's come home. And he's a big deal. He's, people have been healed. Things have been happening. God is moving through him. And he comes home. And I just want to read the last part of this, verse 57 and 58. So they were offended at him. That means he hurt their feelings or made them mad or both. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. And he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Now, I want to be careful the way I approach this, okay? Because I don't want to say something that the Bible doesn't say. What it doesn't say is that he could do no mighty works. It says he didn't do any mighty works. So we know that it's impossible to please God. That's what the Bible says. You can't please God. But I just left out one little part of it. Without faith... It's impossible to please God, okay? And what he expects for us to do is number one, believe that he is God and he has redeemed us and saved us and took our sin. Let's say that's being a believer. That's being a Christian, a little Christ, a Christian, a follower of Christ. But the second thing he says that we need to do is to believe that he loves us and blesses us in this life. And you go, what are you talking about? No, it really says that. It's a two-pronged thing. And what they believed was, was you know, he can, he can heal people. He's a big deal, but ah, I'm offended. I just don't like the way it doesn't fit my religious category. Of God. It's not uh, Presbyterian or it's not Baptist or it's not Christian church or it's not, it doesn't fit my, and I want to tell you something, life has not fit my little uh, protocol that it all had to go through. I had it all figured out. I don't know if y'all knew that or not, but I'm pretty smart. And I had it all figured out. And guess what happened? None of it. Okay? God knows what he's doing, though. Guess what? He goes to the places that we don't want to go, and he does the things that fixes us forever. Not just temporarily. I'm fixed. I'm healed. I'm redeemed. I'm saved. Teletestai, it has been paid. So watch this. Then, verse 14. At that time, Herod, the ruler, heard the report about Jesus. And he said to his servants, this is John the Baptist. He's risen from the dead, and therefore these powers are at work in him. See, it didn't fit his protocol either. Because he didn't, he, it didn't fit what he thought, and guess what? You will not only maybe not be accepted by the people who know you the best, but you may not be accepted by the people who know you the least. 
Sometimes you just don't get accepted. And guess what? Jesus had, while he is in the process, and we'll get to this as this series goes on, while he's in the process of redeeming the earth, in the process of it, okay, the guys walking behind him will argue about who's going to sit closest to him. You remember that? And these are good boys. I mean, he chose them because of their hearts, because and they're good. They're not the. They're probably not the sharpest knife in the drawer. But here's the deal: they're they're good people, aren't they? And they they love they love him, and they and but they're thinking of themselves. And guess what? Do people do that? Come on, do people do that? So that's one of the things that's going on all all the time around here. Is people are thinking about themselves, and at the same time, God's working over here. At the same time, you know, we have. Powers and principalities that are that are coming. I mean, all this is going on at the same time, and you say, no wonder. Sometimes we don't know exactly what's happening. Guess what? Welcome to my world. Jesus went home with a message that was rejected. In the middle of that, in the middle of that, he loses his cousin, who he loves, John the Baptist. And listen to me. This meant two things. Number one, he lost his friend. He lost his cousin. He lost a ministry partner. He remember because some of the guys were going here. Some of, they were men. But listen, he lost all that. His forerunner. He. But I want to tell you the second phase of that that I want to make sure I cover before I start hitting my points was that he then knew before long it was time for him to go to the cross. Are you following me? That was the countdown. Remember. He must increase, I must decrease that he increase. Remember what John said? And when he was gone, that meant we are now on the countdown to the cross. And that's what his whole, these three and a half years of ministry, and I don't know where we're at in that three and a half years, I have no idea. But the point being is, it's the countdown to the cross. And he knows, just like Forrest said earlier, that at some point he is going to carry all of our sins. He knows it. That's what he's there for. So he's grieving. He's, and he tries to get away. When he heard it, we're now at 14 and 13. When Jesus heard it about him losing his head and being killed, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But how many of you know there's a lot of butts in his life? No, I'm serious. But then, sometimes it's a good but then, but sometimes it's another one of these but thens, okay? When Jesus heard it, he departed there from boat to the deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And I want to tell you, Again, we're not to the sermon yet. This is the introduction. But people are hungry for Jesus. They're, they may not even know it. I'm dead serious. People are, they may think they're hungry to make more money. They may think they're hungry for a relationship with a, with a person in this life. They may think that they need more of this or they need to be skinnier or higher handlebars or louder exhaust or like we were talking a bigger, bigger saddle horn or a nicer horse or, you know, whatever it is, you know, kill a bigger buck. We may all think what, but I'm going to tell you something. Did you know that what we're really all looking for is that relationship, that Jesus, that cross-shaped vacuum in our lives. And you go, I don't know, think about that. No, listen, it's true. 
It's true, 100%. And here's the deal. He had a choice to make in his grief. He had a choice to make with things not going the way he wanted them to go. He had a choice to make being rejected in his hometown. And I want to talk about us when we, things don't go the way that we wanted them to go. Has that happened to anybody in this building first? Okay. Has anything ever happened that you didn't want to happen? Okay. So far, what time is it? It's probably 11.30, 11.40, 50, whatever. And there's some stuff happening today that I wouldn't, you know, uh, that first song, the whole way through it, my brain's going, my B string is out, my B string is out, my B string, and I, 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 Tuned it twice. <sighs> anyway, you hit it hard enough, it gets out of time. Even with a nice guitar, praise the Lord. All right, but what's this? The first thing that we have to acknowledge, and I've got several points this morning and a whole bunch of scriptures, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not read all the scriptures. I won't be able to get to all the scriptures, but I'm going to tell you where they are. Okay, and you need to jot those down or you can go back later and take notes because uh, this will be online. But what's this? The first thing I want you to know, I want you to think about when you, I was in the Air Force, which is the country club, okay? But they would lend me to the Army, which is not. That's why I found out that, you know, tents stink after they've been set up for a while. Anyway, but what's this, guys? When I went to one of the schools, when they let me to the army, it was called uh, it was called Land Nav, and guess what? I learned how to use a compass. And I didn't, you know, I'd seen them. I'd had one when I was a kid and used to play with it. I had no idea what to do with it. I knew it pointed north, right? But I want us to use a compass, and I, I got this from uh, Robert Morgan. It's a book that he does about, about Jordan River rules, and I like the way he frames this. And it keeps, you know, you know, I like the way I remember things is framing it in different visual pictures. And so this is what it does. So the first thing it does is I want you to talk about, I want the first point about this compass to know where to go next. Because Jesus is out there by himself. He's disappointed. And I want us to look at what we can use to know where to go next. Number one, a compass works because of the magnetic poles of this world, this planet. Now listen, don't ask me how that works, please, okay? This is as far as I'm going with it, okay? The point is, is it always points north. If you've got a good compass, it always points north, doesn't it? Okay, now that speaks to me, it don't matter. Let's get in the truck and go to Luann, Arkansas, just south of uh, Smackover, Okay, actually just east. Well, okay, whatever. I'm not lost, but anyway, I can find it. But the point being, or Griffin, Griffin, Arkansas, which is the last little ghost town down there, which I used to uh, play in there and swat skeeters. But the bottom line is, if you take that same compass down there, it's going to point toward north, isn't it? And you do it here, it's going to point toward north. And I want to tell you something. That speaks to me. And I want to tell you... <laughs> This is not a joke. This is how big a redneck I am. 1978, I got off the plane in Turkey, the country of Turkey, 
not the Turkey Island, Kroger, okay, the country of Turkey. And I got off, I got literally got off the plane. I looked around and I said, well, it's the same over here as it is over there. I could be in Arkansas. I'm serious. And I prayed and I said, God, are you over here? Yeah, I'm over here. Okay, same planet, same place. But guess what? God is sovereign. Here's the first point. Is God sovereign? I want to tell you, I want to read this scripture to you. Ephesians 1. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having predestined. Is God sovereign? I'm going to tell you, there's nobody watching today. There's nobody in here today that doesn't need to hear this. You're here because God has you here. Having been predestined according to the purpose of him, we're talking about God, who works all things according to the counsel of his will. You say, Bruce, I don't like the way things are going. Neither do I sometimes. This morning, everything's going pretty good. Okay? Uh, listen, we are heirs and with Christ. God planted from eternity by definition. God is sovereign. Literally, if I uh, out here jumping rope, which I haven't done in a while, and if I'm jumping rope, gravity's good. I'm going to come back to the ground every time I jump, aren't I? So far, that's happened because that's gravity. That's the sovereignty of God. If I go out here with a compass and I hold it out, it's going to point north. Even my iPhone has got a compass on it. It'll point north. And it, because it's not going to change because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do you like everything that happens around here? No. Do you get irritated from time to time? Welcome to my world. Okay. And here's the deal. But in that sovereignty, you know, Romans 8, 28, all things are working together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. Matthew 10 and 29, which is an interesting scripture. And again, I'm saying these out loud. I don't know if I'll get to read all of them because I'll run out of time. Because we worry so much. Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin and not one of them falls to the ground apart from the Father's will? But the very hairs on your head are numbered. Don't fear. Therefore, you are more valued than the sparrows. I love that scripture because, you know, fear will come and jump on you, won't it? Fear will come and jump on you. Oh, no. What about the election? Oh, no. What about the price of diesel? Oh, no. What about the price of this? Cows are dropping. This is happening. You know, listen. In the middle of all that, God's watching. You hear me? He's taking care of you. He's watching. God is God. Okay. So, is gravity still working as far as you know? Okay. Is it still working where you're watching down there in Arkansas? Where you're watching out there on the west, east coast? Is that the east? Yeah. Okay. East coast. So listen, it's still working. So watch this. The second thing, that's the gravity. That's the, that's the magnetic poles. The second point I want to, you to think about is the case that this compass is in. Okay, the first thing is how it works with the magnet. The second thing is the case. And this is up to you. You go, what? Yeah. It's up to you. If I'm lost in the woods, I can either say, I don't need no compass. I'm going to go up where I want to. Are you willing to use the compass? 
It's your willingness to do where the to go where it points to where the word of God says, to what it says. And here's the deal. Joshua 1 and 16 says these words. It says, they're about to go on as this, I mean, realize they're about to go into the promised land. They're about to go into a fight because it's going to be a fight from the, the line on once they cross the river, right? Jericho, we've gone through all that. We've preached that for years. It's out there somewhere if you can find it. But watch this, guys, all joking aside. They're about to go on this fight and God tells Joshua, tells the people, he said, it's important to do what I say. And he, Joshua says, we'll do all that you command and we'll go wherever you send us. Are you willing to do what God commands? Are you willing? Now, I'm not talking about pick out your favorite scripture about women and long hair or, or you know, you know whether we're supposed to jump pews or sand pews or kneel during communion. I'm not talking about all that. I'm talking about these pillars that God sets up of truth through his word. And you look at those and people say, well, you know, that's just not convenient. I don't like that. One of them is that I'll never forget the just the reality of staying plugged to the vine. He says, you know, aside from me, there's no life. And people don't want to, they want to follow the rules, but they don't want to plug into the, the vine and to hear from him and to, to fellowship with him. And I want to tell you, that's what he wants. And that's the case of it. Are you willing? Psalms 32. It go, let's just let's go ahead and read that since we're close, kind of. Yeah, it's in this Bible somewhere. Psalms 32, 8 and 9. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you will go. This is by the Holy Spirit. This is through the word of God. Remember what the Bible says. The, the word became flesh and he dwelt among us. Remember John chapter one. Okay. And I will instruct you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eyes. You know, my mama could just about get, tell me that I ain't supposed to be there by looking at me. Okay. She'd be like, mm -hmm. I'll never forget one time we were sitting at the dinner table down there in Camden and we go back in those days it wasn't as far as I know there wasn't no motels I'm sure there was somewhere but when the preachers come that always stay with us and all their family and she had made up a big roast and a bunch of rolls and I all of a sudden she kicks me under the table and I go what she said that's your fourth roll everybody needs a roll okay so that wasn't her eyes that was her little sharp shoes she used to wear okay but do not be like the whore, this is verse nine, don't be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with a bit and bridle, else they will not come near you. In other words, guys, don't act like a, don't act like a mule in a new gate, you know. Submit to his voice. Listen to what he's saying, okay? And uh, so first is the, literally the gravity, the reality of his sovereignty. Is God sovereign? Can we agree on that? God's God and you're not, okay? And the second thing is literally that willingness. Are we willing? Okay. Then I want us to look at the face of the compass. I want to start with the N 
at the top, okay? It's at the top if you hold it right. So at the top of that, there's an N. And I want you to think about this. Let that stand for nearness. He is near to you if you will follow him. Don't be like the mule, have to be tied up and drugged behind, okay? Follow close. Now, Israel, when they were going into uh, in the wilderness, they had to stay three quarters of a mile back. Do you know why? This is not a joke. Do you know why? Because if sometimes power would be popping around that, that cloud, okay? Remember when he got to the to the mountain and lightning and all that, and they said they backed up and said, uh, Moses, you go up there and talk to him. I'm scared. Okay, because they were, you know, and, and here's the deal. But listen, God became flesh and dwelt with us so we can be near him. We're being prepared as his bride to spend our honeymoon with Jesus. And you go, oh, I don't want to go there. But listen to what I'm saying. That's heaven. And listen to what I'm saying. On your honeymoon, you're pretty close. Okay, and his desire is now is to be close to you and you to stay close to him. And I want to tell you, literally, we have the privilege now of being close to him. And a friend of mine wrote a song years ago, the righteous cry and the Lord hears and delivers them from all their trouble. It's after a song. And I want to tell you something. God is near to the brokenhearted. He, when we cry out to him, he's there. And we just talked about the the sparrow falling and the hairs on our head. And some of y'all, it'll be an easy count. But anyway, but the point being is, is what's this, guys? Literally, literally uh, mine's the way it used to be. Okay, but what's this? He's calling us to be near him. Psalms, once back again, back in Psalm 73. And again, I'm putting this online so that you can look these up later and use them for your time with him. Psalm 73, uh, okay, and 23. Nevertheless, I am continually with you does God leave us or forsake us? Does it feel like it sometimes? Yeah. Absolutely. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold me by my right hand and you will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory. And we talk about this a lot here. And here's the deal. He takes care of our past. Was he in your past? No matter how screwed it up, it, 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 it is. Okay. And, and, Listen, is he here now to help you? Yes, he is. Is he going to be with you in the future? He don't, listen, he ain't, he don't give up, okay? And uh, so 24 and then back up to 28. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare your works. Stay near him. And I want to tell you, when I was a kid, they would say this a lot, and I hadn't said this lately, but 
think they were talking about honky tonks. I really don't know. Now, now looking back on it, I think they were or liquor stores or uh, you know movie theaters or uh, uh, cotillions or well, I don't remember what all we were talking about back in those days. But said, don't go nowhere that you know you'd be ashamed for Jesus to be with you. You know what I mean? And uh, or don't wear an outfit that you'd be ashamed for the Lord to see you in. But that nearness, okay. God has called us to be near him. So he is sovereign. Are we willing? That's our choice, okay? And let's, he has called us during this time of feeling rejected, of trying to make decisions, of trying to do what's going on, of, of grieving. He's called us to be near him, okay? The fourth point, the S. The opposite of the N is the S. So what's this? That's south. And that stands for, in this illustration, stands for scripture. And I want to tell you something. I come from a tradition that it was always a scripture scramble. Okay? If, if they didn't like what you was doing, they would find a verse to, to, you know, well, you know, it's a shame for a man to have long hair. Okay? If, you know, and, and it, just, it just goes on and on and on. Okay, and it you can get so legalistic with the the tiny jots and tittles of scripture, and but I want to tell you something. There's some big pillars of scripture, of his redemption, of of living a life that that is a life that that you would want to you know to not be ashamed of, and of making sound financial decisions, and all and and giving and loving and all those things. And I want to tell you something. In those places that we fail and come short, the wages of sin is death. And there could be death to your finances where there's great life over here as you follow him over here and death over here. There can be life in your finances and death into your relationships because you see what I'm saying? And here's the deal. He has called us to use scriptures to walk, to bind the law. And when I say the law, I'm not talking about the, the Mosaic law, but to bind his word to us. Okay, in the context which is written, and again, the Bible says, study to show yourself approved. And again, back to Joshua 1 and 8, it says, I will, we will follow your word and we'll meditate on it day and night. And here's the deal. I hope that all the word that you're getting is not in this room or on this online here. I hope that you have a daily program where you pray and read your Bible because it matters to, that you do that. It matters that you do that. I have a, a, a group of people that I follow that I literally, um, and, and some of, if I told you who some of them were, you go, who, what, what? Who? it's people you've never heard of, but guess what? They have a view that helps me round my view. Are you following me? I mean, cause guess what? Nobody knows everything. And I know some of y'all act like it, but anyway. Anyway, but here's the deal. North is nearness, south is scripture. Let's follow, meditate, walk with these large pillars. Make sure that we build our house on what? That we build our house on what? The rock. 
The rock is Jesus, and Jesus became the word. You see how that's all related together? And stand on that. He says, I'm going to be all right, no matter what anybody else says. That, is that what he says? Okay. And so I can stand on that. Okay. And then as you're making decisions, as you're walking this path, as you're getting better, as you're, you know, seeing what to do next, there's the E. Now, you notice that's the one, two, three, four, fifth point. It's not the first point because I want to make sure we talk about this, but this is not the way you make your decisions. Okay? I want you to listen to these words. E stands for events and clarifying circumstances. I'll give you say, now, what are you talking about? I want to tell you something. Later in this story, Jesus gets in the boat, goes out there, and gets away from everybody. And there was an event that happened after that. Do you know what the event was? Everybody showed up. You know what he did? He ministered because they showed up. Are you following me? He didn't go looking for them. They showed up. That was an event. And I want to tell you something. God puts events and circumstances in our life to, and how many of y'all ever played pool? I know it's, it's probably never, you've probably never heard a sermon on pool. I'm not talking about the pool party. I'm talking about, you know, we don't believe in that mixed bathing, but I'm talking about, you know, I'm talking about playing pool with them sticks. You know, I used to play in the ice cream parlor in uh, Camden, Arkansas when I was skipping school, oh, excuse me, when I was uh, in, uh, some, uh, uh, whatever. It was there in Camden. And uh, it was a great place because it lets you smoke. And you could get in the back there and they didn't check IDs. Yeah. Wasn't like school where you had to have a note from your parents. You know? Yeah, a note from your parents. Anyway. But anyway, but the point being is it was a it was a place out there and, and I played pool and I wasn't I never have been that good, still not. But here's the deal. Then I went to Balakashir, Turkey, and a guy named Steve Byer, Bowers, um, he played pool. He was raised in a VFW or something. And uh, he, he had to do this thing. He would shoot, make a ball, and then he would go shoot for shape. Are you following me? Because that, that was a new concept to me. I was always worried about just knocking the ball. That was, was a miracle if I was able to do that. And wherever the ball, I just worked from wherever the ball ended up. Are you following me? He would shoot for shape. He'd hit in that, hit that side pocket and then he'd go around and just kind of stay there. And it'd be lined up on the next, for his next shot. And I'm thinking, he's the luckiest guy I've ever met in my life. <laughs> no, he knew what he was doing, unlike the rest of us. By the way, we had an earthquake and uh, the pool, pool balls moved. That was interesting. But anyway, without any help, that's just a side note if you ever want to you know, take a uh, vacation. Yeah, they also dump their sewer in the bay, but other than that, you know, don't go swimming. Don't don't take your swimsuit for that mixed bathing. Okay, so but watch this, guys. This events and clarifying circumstances, and I'll, I'm going to share one with you. That's one with Jesus. I'm going to share one with you. So we were somewhere um, in... Uh, 1993, and events and circumstances begin to 
speak to me about coming north. And these circumstances began to get clearer and clearer. And I want to tell you something. Two years before that, if you'd have told me that, in fact, I was coming back from Kansas City. I told Irene this story. We came back from Kansas City and I stopped in Springfield and got gas and it was about 18 degrees and the wind was blowing. I told Kim, I got back in the truck and I said, baby, I'm going to tell you something. I could never live up in this mess. This is the coldest mess I've ever seen in my life. I sound like Kathleen. But anyway, but then we come up here on a vacation and I was down south in the county, down in Stone County and Berry County. and was on a vacation and we're driving through all them curves and I'm sicker than a dog. And I told her, I said, I could never live down here. I'm going to tell you something. You can't get nowhere from around here. It's just made the roads are all crooked and I'm sick all the time. And kid, you know, we didn't have any kids at that point. But anyway, it was a, it, you know, I thought, I, you know. And then in 93, we moved here. Because okay. clarifying circumstances, God released me from what I was doing down there. He you know, I, I followed his word. I followed, but this, this circumstances lined up. And I literally drew a line around Springfield and put a, a border, I don't remember how many miles it is now, and applied everywhere I could apply, applied all the way down into North Arkansas, got outside that border, did all this, and guess one place hired me. And I would have bet that I could just walk in and get a job because, you know, I'm a pretty big deal. And uh, literally, one place. Nixon, Missouri. And God began to open doors there in ministry. And, 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 and I mean, and that was 30 years ago. And God, those clarifying circumstances, and you don't always be looking for a sign. Okay, don't be like that. Do start out with knowing that God's sovereign. Okay, start out knowing that um, we're going to stay near to him. Are we willing to do, because it's not always comfortable. Guess what? This last 30 years has not always been comfortable. Now, the 20 years here with the perfect church has been comfortable at times. Okay. Beep, 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 beep. Okay. So, anyway, that was a lie detector. Sorry. So, anyway, but as we, as we follow his word, but these events and clarifying circumstances, you know, um, I prayed for years about getting married. You guys turned down more than a best friend. Not <laughs> romance, not not romance, but you know, just you know, I, if you don't anyway. So the point being is then Kim and I met when we shouldn't even known each other. She's three hundred no four hundred and fifty miles, five hundred miles from where I was raised. And we shouldn't even met, but God put her together. And she's been a, a, a gift from him to me these last 41, 40, coming up on 42 years. So, but what's this? These events and clarifying circumstances, don't follow them without the other four, okay? And then there's the W, which is West on there, and we're, we were just about done. Uh, then we're going to take up two more offers so I can buy my airplane to fly back and forth. I'm just kidding. So, but here's the deal. West stands for this. Weighing the options. Because I want to tell you something. Sometimes people need to use their brains, don't they? Okay. So what's this? Psalms 25, if you got your Bibles. So, I'm hitting some of these scriptures. I had a bunch of them. 25, oh. Show me your ways, O Lord. 
Teach me your paths. Lead me into your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all day. And I want to tell you, we, uh, it, you don't take your brain out, okay? You weigh the options. You, you think about what God has for you, you know, but again, you look at, again, well, quick review. We'll start at the top again. God is sovereign. Is he sovereign? Yes. God is sovereign. Okay. Are you willing? That's, that's back on you. Okay. Are you willing to do what God, listen, can you imagine the willingness that it took for Jesus to go to the cross to say, not my will, but your will be done. Can you imagine the will, the willingness on a, probably a 15 year old girl when the angel appeared and she said, let it be unto me as you have said. And she thought, boy, isn't that something, but we know the pain and the anguish that all that caused her. But guess what? Her being willing, have we, is that the most, I mean, seriously, guys, looking back on it, God had to have a vessel. And guess what? Do you know today God has to have a vessel? I mean, he, he works by his spirit, but 98% of the stuff you see done in the word of God, he worked using some redneck. Is that right? I mean, seriously. And uh, are you willing? Are you willing to stay near to him? Are you going to follow the scripture? And, and are you going to look at the events and the circumstances around that? Again, you notice that's number five. That ain't number one. Because we don't look at, we don't, every time the news comes on and says it's so-and-so, I'm not going to jump up and run and do something. You follow me? Because somebody's peddling something behind that. And the, west, the last thing is to use your brain and weigh the options. And God knows what he's doing. And I want to tell you what Jesus did. Is he didn't allow any of the stuff and being rejected. The guys behind him arguing over who was going to sit beside him. The death of someone he cared greatly about. He didn't allow any of that to stop him from being what God's called him to be. And that's the way I want to be. I want to be obedient to God. So bow your head with me today. And Father, this word I believe is for me. I believe it is for these people. And Lord, I believe it's for this generation because Lord, something happens, some event, and we all run this direction. Lord, and forgetting that you are sovereign. Forgetting, Lord, that you called us to be willing to be part of your army, which Lord, the little bit of the, the eight years I was in the military, Lord, there were times that I suffered from loneliness. There's times, Lord, that I suffered from cold and suffered from heat. And Lord, I had to suffer as part of it. And Lord, you've called us to be near to you, to follow your word, to allow events, Lord, to speak to us. And Lord, then, way the, with the doors that are out there and which one you're behind, God. So we love you. We give our lives to you. 
We pray, Lord, that people would take this and apply it to their lives and be the men and women God's called them to be. And if you're watching this morning or you're here in the, in the building and you say, you know what, I don't know Jesus. I'm just stumbling in. I've just found this. I want to tell you, he loves you. He has a desire. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. He's knocking on your door today. If you are lonely, sad, broken, and you're looking for help, he is our help. He is our hope, and he is my home. And I'm, he's here with me now, but someday I will be with him for eternity. So call on the name of the Lord today. Ask him, seek him. I need a savior. Lord, I'm a sinner. I've sinned and come short of your glory. I need a savior, Lord, forgive me. I believe that you are the son of God. Surround yourself with people that read his word and love him, be baptized and begin to fellowship and don't forsake that assembly. Whether it's online or in person, stay surrounded by people who are pulling you up versus pushing you down. Have a great day. God bless these people. Keep them. Let your light shine on them and give them peace. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Have a great day.